It says we're live. We're live. <laughs> we are live and well. I don't know. Are we well? Alive, um, and, well. alive and well. We're we're here. Yeah. yeah. Well, good morning. Good, good morning, morning church. church. We have to stop meeting like this. Yeah, um, lizards and yeah, and no, no heat. heat. Yeah. And so last week, um, I live streamed the message from hotel. If you joined us. Uh, because we were stuck up in North Jersey because of a blizzard and uh, we couldn't even open church because of that. And so uh, remember what that was like. And then today, um, maybe you realized this from our communications this morning, or perhaps you were just planning a live stream or service anyway, but there was no heat in the church. And uh, so I showed up this morning to open up and get things ready. And it was 50 degrees in the church and I uh, don't know what was wrong, but um we have somebody coming to look at it, but unfortunately, it wouldn't be able to get fixed before service. So, um, so another a second week in a row of live streaming. So here we uh, are my, in my office, everybody. Yeah. Welcome to my office. And so this is Claudia's <laughs> office uh, in our house, and uh, she was kind enough to let me in. I don't normally get to to <laughs> yeah. come into yeah. the inner sanctum here, he but uh, <laughs> yeah. but anyway. So um, uh, again, welcome. Uh, to our live stream for Trinity Bible Church. And uh, we're going to share a message today from Colossians. We're actually ending our series in the book of Colossians. Uh, it'll be the end of chapter four. And so just in a minute, I'm going to actually ask Claudia to, to open us in prayer and to read the passage, but you can get your Bibles ready. It's uh, Colossians four verses seven till the end uh, of the chapter and the end of the book. Uh, and the theme is friendship. We're going to talk about friendship today, uh, and so something we can all certainly relate to. Uh, but uh, before we get to that, I have a bunch of updates, announcements. We call it Church Life, and so um, you'll get an email with all these things as well um, so that um, uh, you're reminded of it. But uh, if you want to jot down notes or put some stuff in your calendar as I go through some, some things, but... We have some uh, new announcements and some updates on previous announcements. So, uh, so here we go. Here's the things that are that are going on. In the life of Trinity. Okay. Why are you? I'm I'm ready. Are you I'm ready? Write ready, ready to, okay, yeah. very good. Yeah. Um, so, we were supposed to have our uh, annual business meeting. Uh, I was originally going to be, uh, I think, on the 13th, which is next Sunday, but. Um, we've had to move it to the 20th, but now it's going to be on the 27th. And the whole reason is because of the blizzard and then today not being in the building. Because uh, to have an official business meeting at Trinity, we need to be able to get uh, the budget out uh, to all of you guys, especially to our members who get to vote on the budget every year for the new year. But we need to supply a copy of that budget to you guys for uh, at least two weeks prior to the business meeting. So because we didn't meet in the building last week, and then again this week, we have to keep pushing that off so that we can um, uh, get you the budget. So the business meeting, the annual business meeting will be after service on the 27th uh, and next Sunday on the 13th, when you arrive at church, um, there'll be copies of the annual budget, the new budget for this year, 2022 available at our, at our connection center. Make sure you take one so you can look it over. Um, and we vote on that at our um, our business meeting. All right, so take copies of the budget next week. They'll be available for you at church in the connection center. 
And the new date for the, the business meeting is Sunday after service on the 27th. All right. Uh, so please make a note of that. Um, of course, we were supposed to have our fellowship lunch today and communion. And so um, we'll let you know about a makeup date for the lunch and for communion. So we'll um, we'll go ahead and, and let you know about that as well. So just be looking for uh, emails and text updates. Uh, and this is a good plug and reminder too. Get, get set up on our, our uh, email list. Just go to uh, info at trinityallenwood.com. You can find the, the email at our, our website too as well. Um, but just send an email letting us know that you'd be like uh, you'd like us to add your email to our list so you can get all updates and news and events. We also send text messages for updates. It's especially important for things like today when we need to do last minute updates. Maybe you don't check your email, but we always seem to have our phone. So you can simply uh, text the word uh, join Trinity to the number eight four uh five seven six uh, did i get that right i don't i'm not sure i think it's eight four five seven six it's also on our website but the point is is that you want to be signed up for text updates and also for uh email all right because the text of course you get that a little bit quicker uh, but you just want to be in the know about what's going on at trinity and today is a a great example uh, that, and for last week as well, that we need to sometimes adjust things on the fly and let you know about what's going on, whether we're canceling, postponing, or something exciting comes up last minute. So make sure you're getting text updates and make sure you're getting um, uh, email updates on our list, all right? And all that info is on our website as well. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, so, um, okay, so for this week, um, just a few things to note. So the Tuesday morning men's Bible study has been canceled. So there won't be a Tuesday morning men's study. The women's study is still going on. They meet at 930 as usual uh, on Tuesdays. But the men's study this Tuesday uh, will not happen. Um, the Wednesday night, um, this Wednesday will be a prayer meeting. So we won't have our normal Dig Deeper Bible study. Uh, but we'll have a prayer meeting. And so many people like to, to still come and gather for prayer, of course. And um, it's vitally important that we continue to be a church that prays. So this Wednesday at 7 o'clock, you can uh, join our prayer warriors at church and come uh, and pray. Um, and you'll hear more about the changes that we're making to the Wednesday night gathering and then to what we're doing with Dig Deeper, if you remember, we're moving that uh, that Bible study, that time of getting into God's word from Wednesday night to Sunday morning. That's one of the other announcements I was going to make. So uh, originally we had planned on next Sunday, the 13th, being the first Sunday where we have um, a gathering before service to study scriptures together. Um, and uh, that's called Dig Deeper. And so we're moving out from Wednesday to Sunday, but we're going to do that on the 20th. So we're just postponing that one week. So instead of the 13th next Sunday, then on the 20th, the following Sunday is when we're going to begin offering a, a time to get together before the 1030 service. It'll be at um, 930 every Sunday morning. We'll have our Dig Deeper um, class or gathering where the, those will be a topical um, series. 
Um, Bruce um, Neary, our elder, will go through um, a series on creation, and uh, we'll be able to do that. Maybe a two, three, four weeks different series on different topics, all of course from Scripture, uh, and it's just another opportunity to to get into God's Word. And so sometimes it's hard to get together on a weeknight uh, for some of you, and so here's an opportunity where we can. Uh, still get together during the week at night, but also Sunday morning, right? And so that might be a lot easier for many of you. And so uh, another way to stay in God's word, okay? So that's on the 20th that uh, we're starting that. Uh, What else? Let's see. um, There's a few different things. Oh, yes. Um, So because we're finishing up uh, Colossians today, in a couple of weeks, in two weeks, actually, we're going to begin our new sermon series. And that's going to be going through the, the books of First and Second Peter. So short books, but we're going to do First and Second Peter consecutively. Um, and that'll start in two weeks. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, we love to go through books of the Bible here at, at uh, Trinity. And so that'll be our next sermon series, First and Second Peter. And I chose it for a couple of reasons. One is because we have this new initiative you've heard me talk about. Uh, called the Discipleship Pathway. And it's not a program, but it's an initiative, it's a platform, it's a tool to help us at Trinity stay on track about growing as disciples. And it's going to help us to to actually uh, put into place and to live out even uh, to greater degree our learn and grow and serve core values. And so I kind of did a teaser um, last month about it. You'll hear much more about it on the 27th at our um, annual meeting. You'll hear some more about our Discipleship Pathway Initiative that's coming out in March. So I chose to go through First and Second Peter because Peter truly is a model of a disciple. Doesn't mean he was always a model disciple, a great disciple. But his life, Peter's life, probably more than any other disciple we know about, really gives us a a great insight and picture into what it looks like for us even today to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus. And so going through those two books, they're going to help us coincide with the launching of our Discipleship Pathway Initiative in March. Uh, And so they will work together. That will be part of our theme for this year. So just keep that in mind, that that's what we'll begin to study. And the other quick reason I want to mention um, that is because when Peter wrote those letters, First and Second Peter, he was writing to Christians, believers who were dispersed throughout the world, who were facing severe and intense persecution. And so we might not know all of what that looks like here in this country, but we know what persecution is, and we faced it to some degree or another. Uh, scripture says it will get worse uh, as we uh, approach the day of the Lord's return for us. Uh, but of course, persecution has been happening to the church around the world for 2000 years. And so um, it's always timely in any book of the Bible, but especially uh, that topic. And so um, going through those letters of first, second Peter will help us um, to, to have a, even a, a better perspective and some insights on um, how do we live out our faith when we're being persecuted. Um so, uh, so there's that. And then let's see. Um, oh, two last things. I did say I had a lot of announcements today. Two last things, and I'm going to ask Gladiata to uh, to pray and read the scripture. Um, 
And so the first thing is that Claudia and I are taking the uh, last minute opportunity uh, to get away this week. Uh, we just kind of started planning that, uh, planning this yesterday, but we're going to be on vacation um, out of town this coming week. Uh, and so um, we've been trying to get away since October. You know, I think many of you probably know what that feels like. It's been uh, a quite a time. And as most of you know, there's been a lot going on in our lives, uh, personal lives and the church um, actually blessed us to, yeah. to get us to go away. Yeah, so if you remember, it, so. that's right, back mm -hmm. in October, um, which was Pastor Appreciation Month, uh, we were blessed because you guys uh, um, all um, were very generous to, to give us uh, some some gifts, mm -hmm. some gift cards towards um, Airbnb or to get away. And uh, we've been trying, trust us, we've been trying mm -hmm. ever since October to take advantage of that. And so we have this short window of opportunity next week um, to do that. And so that's what we're going to do. Uh, so just ask that you would pray for us. Uh, we won't be around for this week. Uh, there'll be a guest speaker next Sunday, the 13th, uh, missionary Scott Schwartz, who has um, shared uh, the word and the message on a Sunday um, a few times already. Many of you know him. He'll be bringing the word on Sunday. Uh, and so, uh, Lord willing, of course, we're back in the building next Sunday, um, but uh, he'll be sharing a message next Sunday. So we just want to say thank you um, for the opportunity. I know it was way back in October, but mm -hmm. thanks for the opportunity. We're going to do that um, and be away this week. The last thing uh, is, um, is that I just want to thank all of you, just personally, a personal thank you for the prayers for my dad. Um, many of you know and have met my dad and um, and uh, get to talk to him, you know, during uh, during services on Sunday. And um, his name is Ed, if you have never met him. But uh, he was in the hospital uh, last week, um, had some severe issues with his kidney, and he fell and um, has a, a fracture in his shoulder. And um, he's doing much better. They were able to bring his kidney function back to normal. And I want to thank everybody that's been praying. Uh, the prayer emails have been going out. Uh, another Quick plug, get, get on our prayer email list so that you know what's going on in the lives of people in the church. We can pray for them and pray for you if you have requests. Uh, but thanks for the prayers. Um, and my dad is currently in a rehab facility in the area. I'm going to send an email out with the information because he can receive visitors. Uh, we couldn't see him in the hospital. They wouldn't even let me in. Um, but he can receive visitors um, every day. Uh, at the uh, at this facil local facility, and so he'd love to have people either call him or stop by if you're able. And so I'll send that information out as well. But uh, would he would of course really appreciate at least uh, hearing from you, and if you have a chance to go visit him and and say hi. And so um, again, thanks for the prayers and the support. Um, it means a lot. Uh, but overall, he's doing better, uh, and just we're praying for strength and uh and for healing for him so we can have him back home soon right so i'm sure there's much more that we could even talk about but uh enough about all that stuff so keep going to our website trinityallenwood.com it's always good to check the site before you come to church sunday a couple times during the week uh, get updates about what's going on and so i'm going to ask um claudia if you would mm -hmm. pray for us yes. and then read our scripture scripture so Church, um, pray along with us, and then as Claudia reads, you can uh, open your Bibles and, and uh, read the Word of God together, okay? okay? Yeah. yeah, thanks. Let's pray. Lord, we are, um, we are grateful people, Father. We are thankful yes. 
that you woke us up this morning. We are thankful that you are close. We are thankful mm -hmm. for your word that teaches us and uh, just guides us, Lord, uh, for your Holy Spirit mm -hmm. that allows us to understand. And uh, Lord, we are just thankful today for one another. We're thankful for each person that's tuning in, for each person that's listening, for um, everyone at our church and our church around the world, Lord God, that you just um, continue, God, to guide us, to lead us. And Father, give us ears to hear uh, this morning what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm going to be reading from the book of Colossians, chapter 4, uh, starting in verse 7. Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know that he, I'm sorry, with the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. He is coming with, I can't see, Onesimus, <laughs> Onesimus our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. My fellow prisoner, Aristarchus, sends his greetings. Sorry, let me fix the light yeah, in here. Yeah, can put it over here. Yeah. Um, sends his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. Jesus, who is called Justice, also sends greetings. These are the only Jews among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have proved a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and here at Paulus. And dear, our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and Demas send greetings. Give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. After this letter has been read to you, see that it is also read in the church of Laodiceans and that you in turn read the letter from Laodicea. Tell Archippus, See to it that you complete the work you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. Amen. Well, may the Lord bless the reading of his word to our hearts this morning. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to talk about friendship. Uh, it's an interesting passage because Paul is uh, just giving some final concluding thoughts um, to his letter. And, you know, again, as a, a brief review, this letter in Colossians, um, you know, Paul is writing to uh, to do a couple of things, uh, but he's mainly writing to um, to kind of head off at the pass a, um, a burgeoning and growing um, 
um, doctrine that was um, taking root there in the church, which came to be known as Gnosticism, but it was a, um, a worldly philosophy and a false teaching um, that there were um, other ways to get knowledge about God, secret, mysterious ways that only a, a select few people knew. And so it was leading to misunderstandings about who God was, about the deity of Christ that was coming into question, and um, about um, you know reliance on the word of God and on the word of um, Jesus and the disciples and and so Paul needed to, to reassure this church in Colossae um, about the preeminence of Christ. And that's why we called our, our series in, in Colossians greater than, because he makes the point over and over that Jesus is greater than anything or anyone. Uh, and so that was the overall theme. But here, as he concludes the letter, um, there's not a lot of uh, doctrine in here or theology or you know, let's say just kind of meat on the bone. But, you know, as uh, I was looking at this, something really did, um, you know, grab my attention that I think is very important and completely applicable to all of us. And that's about the importance of friendship. And we see that all throughout scripture. And so Paul might not be teaching on this, but he's giving us an example, and it's just as important because he's not necessarily saying here is the importance of friendship, but he is doing it by example. Because if you notice, there was a lot of words, a lot of names. Yes, yeah, you notice. <laughs> there was a lot of names that Paul listed here, but Paul does that a lot. If you read uh, the letters that he's written in the New Testament, he often begins and ends his letters by naming people. Um, by naming his friends and people that he calls co-laborers or servants along with him in the ministry. And that's what he does here. He just names a lot of his friends. And it's a wonderful reminder about the importance of friendship in our lives, whether they are believers or non-believers. What does it mean to have a, a friend? I mean, it's something we can all relate to, and we've had all different kinds of friends. And and maybe you have different friends that you do certain different things with, but we know the nature and the importance of friendship. But just for a few minutes today, I want to share about uh, some things to uh, consider when we talk about how we choose friends and the people that we allow into our lives. But Claudia, um, I know Claudia may need to to um, to to leave uh, just to go take care of uh, some things. And we have uh, many of you know we have a new dog, we have a puppy, and and uh, she is um, needing some attention. And so, uh, but before you do that, if you have to mm -hmm. step out, mm -hmm. would you share um, something about something we were talking about earlier today in preparation for the message about our time in Brazil? Because mm -hmm. there's something about friendship that uh, was so meaningful to us uh, when we went with the church in our group from church mm -hmm. yeah. to our mission trip in Brazil. So Absolutely. talk about that. Absolutely. Um, to start, we learned so much, uh, from our friends in Brazil, our brothers and sisters in Brazil. But the, um, the first thing I'd like to just say is that a few years ago, when, when we led our, our team there, we had, um, arrived at the airport and, um, after a very long journey and we we're all tired and kind of a little nervous, you know, kind of anticipating what was going to be happening when we got there. 
And as um, as we started to um, to approach uh, the um, the entrance, there were you know at, at the airport, we noticed that there was a crowd and they had signs and they were cheering. And so all of a sudden, we're thinking there must be like some sort of celebrity <laughs> or a, yeah. you know soccer player or somebody that's you know with us. And we're looking around to see who's with us on the plane. And as we get closer and closer, we realize that they were there for us, um, for our team. They were so excited to have us join them for that for that time. Um, and mind you, they didn't even know us. They hadn't met us yet, but they welcomed us with um, with such love and friendship right out of the gate because they knew that we were brothers and sisters in the Lord. And it was just talk about like, you know, just a. a an incredible first impression. Um, we felt so loved, so welcomed, and um, and safe. Like they were going to just take great care of us while we were there. Not that we were there to be safe, but mm. you know that they just um, showed their friendship, right? And and that was the start, and it just got better from there. Yeah. Um, because many of us from our team walked away with lifelong friends. You know that uh, we are still in touch with. We're you know, messaging all the time. And if we're not messaging all the time, we're praying for each other all the time. So, mm. yeah, it was great. Wonderful. Yeah, it was. And, you know, if you ask anybody that went on the, the trip with us, mm -hmm. um, they'll tell you the same thing that, as Claudia said, like we were just so worn out from travel and we knew it would be a, a long journey uh, to get there. But what a greeting. Mm. And it's like we've all had that kind of experience where you meet somebody and you hit it hit it off right away but yeah. they were like instant friends yeah. and um it was beautiful you know and so um i appreciate you sharing that yeah. because um that's something that came to your mind when mm -hmm. i said i was gonna be talking about yeah. the importance of friendship and um you know friends come and go in our lives okay thanks speaking of going yeah okay <laughs> friends come and go uh in um in our lives you know for different reasons and and there's um, normally, there's a few that, um, you know, that stick around. And, um, you know, our friends in Brazil um, have have been so um, important to, to us uh, for the church and for those of us that went. And they, um, for us, at least for Claudia and I, have exemplified some of the things that Paul um, mentions or points out in this passage, just as he is you know, kind of naming his friends. So there's just a, a few things that I want to make sure that we don't miss from this passage um, before we, we close our time, okay? Because, um, you know, we don't ever want to discount uh, in the scriptures when somebody's writing a letter and they kind of have uh, an opening and a greeting and then a closing, like final thoughts and just say, ah, oh, he's just naming some people or whatever, but there's importance, of course, in every word of scripture. Um, so let's go through it together. I just want to kind of point out a few things that, that we can highlight or glean from the passage. But you'll notice that in verse, in verse 7, when he's giving his final greetings and he mentions Tychicus, and he says, um, you know, I guess he's going to be the bearer of this letter and he's going to tell you everything about me. He calls him a dear brother a faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord. So we learn right there that 
that at least he and then many of the others he mentions um, is a dear brother to Paul. So he's not just a brother, a dear brother, which means he has endeared himself to him. and It's personal and, and he means something to Paul. They've shared some, some personal stories. Um, they've shared in sufferings. And, um, you know, part of, of what makes good friends good friends is sharing. Sharing in the times of mourning and sorrow and sharing in the times of laughing and rejoicing uh, and celebrating, right? And that's part of friends. And, and sometimes, you know, we come across uh, hopefully not often, but what we might call a fair weather friend. They're just there during the good times and want to, you know, just celebrate and have a good time, but um, are maybe nowhere to be found when we need them most. Um, but he calls this friend of his a dear brother because he was close to him and um, Paul had a connection. But he also calls him a faithful minister. Friends are to be faithful. Um, you know, it, it, it says uh, elsewhere in, in um, Scripture and Proverbs, boy, Proverbs talks a lot about um, friends in um, the book of Proverbs in uh, chapter 12. Proverbs 12, 26. It says, um, a righteous man is cautious in friendship. A righteous man is cautious in friendship. Other versions say that a uh, um, a righteous man chooses his friends wisely. So Paul says that, that Tychicus is a dear brother and a faithful minister. We want our friends to be faithful. So, you know, as I share a few more thoughts from this, just think about the friends in your life. Think about friends that you have right now that you are allowing into your life to have influence in your life, um, to speak truth into your life, because, you know, our friends have such a great impact on us, on who we are. Um, I've shared before that when I was a youth pastor years ago, there probably was no other topic that we talked about more than friendship. I mean, we talked about our identity in Christ all the time, but so much of that, our identity, finding our identity, comes from our associations, the people that we choose to be in our lives. And we have to choose wisely, the Bible says, because um, we're letting somebody in. We're sharing our heart, our emotions with, with people. We're, we're trusting, right? I mean, trust is big for God. God asks that we trust him. But also we want to be able to and need to be able to trust other people. And trust can be really difficult for many of us. But friends are to be trustworthy, and Paul calls them faithful. So we want friends. We want to allow people in our life that are faithful, that are going to be faithful to us. And then, of course, for our believing friends that are faithful to the Lord, so they keep pointing us uh, towards Jesus and not uh, distracting us from uh, discovering who we truly are in Christ. So we are to have faithful friends who are dear to us. Um, but it sounds like a line from a song, doesn't it? It's like a Christmas song. Faithful friends who are dear to us. I know <laughs> some of you probably are singing. You can text me the name of that song. I can't think of it, but it's funny. I just mentioned those two words together and it sounded like a song. But then he calls him a fellow servant. And that goes right along with it. For our, our, our brothers and sisters who are um, uh, servants along with us, who are Christians, um, 
we realize that we have a special bond and a special connection. As Claudia mentioned, our friends in Brazil right away, we were like instant friends. They greeted us with this amazing greeting. Thank you. Um, and somebody was just texting me the name of the song. Uh, and so I appreciate that. Um, and so, you know, those friends in Brazil, man, it was amazing, but it was because they're fellow servants, you know, and you have that instant bond. I mean, there is no greater bond among two friends than Jesus Christ. And you can have a beautiful, really strong relationship with an unbeliever, but it's never going to be the same as those who also are uh, believers in Christ. And so uh, we are then fellow servants. And um, that means something. So keep that in mind as well as you consider uh, your friends and who you are allowing um, to have um, a say in, in your life that you allow to speak into you. But then uh, he also says um, uh, there in verse 8, something that Claudia pointed out meant a lot to her as I was discussing this with her earlier. He says that, um, Paul says, I'm sending him to you for the express purpose that purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. Church friends need to be encouragers. You know, whether it's a time of mourning or a time of uh, celebrating, friends are to encourage us. Encourage us to uplift us, remind us of who we are, especially when we're, we're struggling, to remind us of... Um, the value and worth that we have to them. And of course, most importantly to God, we can forget those things, right? I mean, life happens and, and we get distracted and um, discouraged, you know, even sometimes depressed, but friends can come alongside of us and remind us um, and to be encouraging, uh, but most importantly, encouraging us to stay focused on Christ. And, um, that's important. That's so important. And Paul is sending this letter. He's reminding them as he closes this letter to the church. Um, he's saying, look, I'm sending him to, to bring this word um, and to, to tell you what's going on with, with me. Remember, Paul was in prison. This is his first uh, imprisonment in Rome. But he says that he would encourage your hearts. He wanted Tychicus to encourage hearts of his friends at this church in Colossae. And we need to have friends that are encouraging. Think about that as you kind of take stock, take inventory of who your friends are. Ask that. Ask that question of yourself. Are these people encouraging me? In general, are they an encouragement to me? You know, there's enough in life that'll bring us down and distract us, but we need friends that will be faithful and faithful servants, uh, and that will encourage us. Um, he says again in verse 9, he um, he mentions Onesimus, who is uh, a faithful dear brother. He uses those words again. Um, and then in verse 10, he calls Aristarchus a fellow prisoner. So not only is he talking about fellow servants, but how about a fellow prisoner? You know, when we go through times of suffering, and difficulty do we have friends that step up are you that kind of friend for other people I, i'm talking mostly about the people we allow to be our friends but we can also flip that coin and say are you being a good friend to others but 
He says that Aristarchus is a fellow prisoner. Do you have friends that will be there in your time of suffering? Maybe friends that are going through the same thing with you that that are willing to suffer and struggle along with you. Scripture teaches us elsewhere that we are to carry one another's burdens. But, you know, also there's a part of this that I want to mention that um, it's really good to have friends in your life that know what it's like to go through specific troubles that you have. I've shared before about um, some of my my struggles and my journey with depression and anxiety. And it's it's something unique to talk to um, other people that have struggled with that. The things that only you can kind of connect with and understand. And it it does mean something um, in in your healing process. And it's a a great help to know that there's somebody else that's a a, a fellow prisoner, so to speak, or a fellow struggler with a certain, um, you know, malady or illness or or difficulty whatever it is at the moment um, that they can connect that they can understand because they not only can sympathize but they can empathize and um, because they've been there and they can um, talk to you in ways where they understand and that's important so think about that as well as you think about the friends in your life um, you know people that uh, have been willing in the past to struggle right alongside of you, especially those that that know f- from uh, firsthand experience what it's like to um, to experience the struggles that that you do. Um, so then he goes on to mention others, Mark and uh, the cousin of Barnabas, and he he talks about um, uh, Jesus, who is called Justice. Of course, that's not Jesus, the Lord Jesus. Jesus was a very common name. Uh, back then, and so so was just justice, and so this is a different Jesus slash uh, justice, um, somebody else that Paul knew that was also sending greetings, and probably had some of these friends saying, "Hey, put tell him I said hi," you know. And so he's putting their their names in there. Um, but then in that verse, in verse eleven, it says that um, they have provided comfort to me. So Paul is talking about all these friends, naming them because they're. They're personal and they're important. So he's not just saying my friends, he's giving them, um, you know, um, he's calling them out by name. um, But he says that they were a comfort. Our friends should also be a comfort to us. Um, Sometimes we have, you know, there's friendships that can be difficult and that seem to always be a challenge. But um, in general, friends are supposed to be able to bring a comfort. And, um, of course, our greatest friend and Jesus says that we can come to him with anything. And he says, come to me, all you are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus wants to be a comfort. But he also wants us to have uh, people in our lives, those human relationships where um, we can find comfort in our friends. Because sometimes, you know what, sometimes we just need uh, a shoulder to cry on or somebody to listen to us. Maybe they, we don't even expect advice or words of wisdom you know and as friends sometimes we don't even know what to say to our friends that are struggling or having difficulties but maybe it's just listening it can be a great comfort to just listen so that somebody knows that you're there oftentimes just your presence um, maybe you just send a quick text or a phone call and say hey like I'm sure it's really difficult what you're going through, but just know I'm, I'm there. I'm here for you. And 
um, whatever you need, I'm praying for you. And, or somebody calls and you just let them talk and you just listen. That can be a wonderful comfort. Um, and two other things, just to, and as we close our time, um, he says in verse 12, and this is really important. If you look at, at the word with me uh, that was read before, verse 12, Paul says, uh, Epaphras, okay, Epaphras, another friend. He says, Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. So this is another friend, but look at what he says about Epaphras. He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I love that because here is Epaphras who he's pointing out saying, do you know that Epaphras is praying for you? He's talking about this good friend Epaphras who we think may have been the one that established the church in Colossae because remember Paul never met these Christians, but yet he calls them dear friends, right? And he's saying, look, at these are all my friends I want you to know about and and pray for, and they send greetings. And he mentions Epaphras, who the church probably knew. And he says, look, Epaphras is always in prayer for you. Epaphras is praying for you. And Paul says it this way, he's always wrestling in prayer. How about that? He's wrestling in prayer. Do you wrestle in your prayer? Meaning, do you go to your prayer uh, time with the Lord with some intensity? You know, are there times when you just come to God and you just don't give up? And you keep praying, that praying without ceasing. And he's saying that's what Epaphras was doing for them. As the church had been going through some struggles, Paul says, don't forget Epaphras. He's wrestling in prayer all the time for you. And then he says, for what? Like, what are the things he's praying for? He's wrestling in prayer that you would stand firm in the will of God and grow mature and fully assured. He's saying, Epaphras is wrestling in prayer that you would keep growing in Christ. Don't walk away from him, grow towards him, and that you would stand firm. So stand firm and grow and be fully confident. See, when we're struggling, when we're facing adversity, that's what we need. We need friends to pray for us. Church, do you pray for your friends? Do you pray for them by name? Of course, God knows who they are, but do you name them before God? Do you share prayer requests with your friends? Do you have people in your life that you can truly call friends that you know will be praying for you? That you can just call or text with something and you know when they say, hey, I'll pray for you. They're not just saying it to move on, that they actually mean it. We need those people in our lives that would wrestle for us, that would struggle alongside of us and pray that especially in our time of need or even in our time of, of praising and celebrating and being healthy and strong in the Lord, that we would remain firm in our stance and our confidence and our maturity and growth before God. See, there's a huge difference, right? A world of difference between the friends that bring us down and the friends that build us up. We don't want, we can't, we don't have time for it and we don't need friends that are bringing us down that are a bad influence, that are pointing us away from what Christ would want for us. Even if they're not meaning to do it, even if they're well-intentioned, they could be doing that. So and another reason to kind of take stock of, of your friend group and, who's, who, and who are those that are 
praying for you and that you know that we'll pray for you at the drop of a hat. He says Epaphras is like that for him and for the church. And he's wrestling in prayer that, that they would stand firm in their faith and their assurance of their faith, um, especially as they, um, as they struggle. And so um, the last thing I want to mention uh, is this. Um, he, he talks about somebody in verse 14 named Demas, another friend, D-E-M-A-S. He says in verse 14, our dear friend Luke, the doctor, that's Luke who wrote the gospel of Luke and the book of Acts. Um, but he says, Luke, the doctor, our dear friend, and Demas send greetings. So here's another guy, a man named Demas, who is part of that friend group with Paul and sends his greetings. But we know from elsewhere in scripture, um, especially in uh, 2 Timothy, and I think also in Philemon, but 2 Timothy 2, I believe it is, that Demas is mentioned, but not in a positive way, because we don't have a lot uh, um, written in scripture about Demas, but Demas evidently was a close friend of Paul, was with him here when Paul was imprisoned in Rome for the first time. But when Paul is imprisoned in Rome for the second time, which we read about later, I believe, in 2 Timothy, we see that Demas, unfortunately, walks away from Paul and from the faith. Demas abandons the faith. Um, and it's, it's sad because you take somebody like Paul, who is, um, who is imprisoned, um, who has gone through so much, um, who's gone through so much for, uh, for the Lord. And um, boy, if anybody needed friends to be with him and to endure to the end, it would be Paul. But here, and I'm trying to find the scripture, I didn't write it down, but in, um, in 2 Timothy, I believe it is, um, Paul mentions Demas when, he, uh, when he's writing to Timothy, um, the young pastor, and he mentions that, um, that Demas, it's just one verse, but Demas actually um, becomes a lover of the world and he walks away from uh he walks away from the faith and um it's sad because you know we often we well i won't say often but we have friends in our lives which i think we all can remember um have done that to us i mean how um disappointing is it when we have um when we have a friend that seems to be a true friend that um is there with us and then all of a sudden just walks away and abandons us. Um, and even more unfortunately, walks away from the faith. And that's what happens with Demas. Hey. It's 410. It's 410. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Second Timothy or first Timothy? First Timothy 410. Thank you. Thank you, Claudia. And so um no, second, second. Thank you. <laughs> Isn't that funny? That's the one I didn't write down. Well, it's, yeah, I wanted to make sure that we had it. So um, let's see. Second Timothy 4.10. Yes. Okay. This, this is good. Thank you. This is why I wanted to read it. Second Timothy 4.10. 
Um, this is Paul writing to Timothy. It's at the end of the letter. Again, he's mentioning kind of like final, you know, personal thoughts. Look at what he says about Demas. Paul is saying, do your best to come to me quickly. He's talking about Timothy. For Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. I'm going to read that again. And you should put a note in there and you can read that later unless you're able to turn to it now. But in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, Paul just has this one little statement about Demas. So we read about Demas in Colossians. He's a good friend. He's with Paul in his imprisonment in Rome the first time. But when this takes place, when he's writing to Timothy, it's his second imprisonment, we believe. And evidently Demas has abandoned him. So Paul is saying to Timothy, do your best. I need you. Come as quick as you can because Demas has deserted me and left and gone to Thessalonica. But he says, why? Because he loved this world. That's all Paul says. He loved the world. So something happened with Demas. Maybe um, he was a believer, a true believer, maybe not. But he walks away from Paul and his friendship. Not, if that's not bad enough, it seems he walks away from the faith. But he also deserts Paul in his greatest time of need. See, he was there the first time he was in prison. The second time, for whatever reason, too much for Demas. And Demas leaves. And he leaves, um, he leaves him stranded. That's kind of the way that um, it's written there in the original language. It's, uh, it gives that impression that Paul in his greatest time of need looked at Demas, and Demas split, and he left. And perhaps you've been hurt by a friend who's done that. You don't know why. Or maybe you do know. Um, and that can hurt. Why does that hurt so much? Because we need friends, and we love them, because we've trusted them, we've shared with them, we've opened our hearts and our homes to them. And we want to keep doing that. And, and it hurts when friends do that. And then we feel like we don't want to let anybody else in, right? We can say, I'm good. I don't need any other friends. I don't need to be hurt like that. But see, my final thought is this. God is relational. And God is a God of fellowship and friendship and relation. I mean, we have the Trinity. We know the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There is a fellowship there. There is relationship there. It says that God um, within the Trinity wanted to create humankind in his own image. He said, let us make them in our own image so that what we can join in that fellowship and we get to enjoy that with the Lord and with others. Um, and so we know that to God, friendship is important. It's important to him because we now as Christians can call Jesus our friend because before our faith in Christ, the Bible says we're enemies of God. But now we're considered friends of God. And, you know, um, the word also tells us, Proverbs 18 and elsewhere, it says that friends are to be loyal. And then Jesus finally says that um, no greater love has someone than to lay down their life for their friend. I think it's in John 14 or 15. And what does Jesus do for us? He lays down his life for us. It's what he says in that, that passage. And 
that's what Jesus models for us. Not only does he teach it to us, but he models it for us that that is the true sign of love, That's, that we would be willing to lay down um, our life for someone else. And that is what Jesus has done for us. And so, um, you know, it's beautiful that we can call Jesus our friend. And it's wonderful that we can then have this amazing thing called friendship with others. And again, Jesus models it for us, that we would have that kind of love for others and allow others to love us in that way, that they would do anything for us. And so Paul closes his, um, his letter to this church who he had never met personally, but that he dearly loved. He closes the letter by naming some of his closest friends, uh, even Demas, who he didn't know at the time, but would eventually abandon him. And he says, these people are important to me, and I want to tell you why. He says they're faithful, and they're dear to him, and they're fellow servants, fellow prisoners, uh, and that they are along for the ride with him. And we need friends that we can trust, friends that we can count on, friends that will wrestle in prayer for us, that we would stand strong. Because church, we can't live this Christian life alone. We're not meant to. God has not wired us that way. And so we need one another. So stay close to your friends. Take some time, maybe this week, to take inventory of your friends, your friend group, what they mean to you. Who can you truly count on and trust? And who do you need to be praying for as well? Who counts on you as a good, trusted, and loyal friend? Um, and let's remember, our, we have our greatest friend in the Lord Jesus. Because even the best of friends may let us down from time to time because they're not perfect and neither are we. But Jesus is, and he will never, ever let us down. So we look to him as our example and our model in all things, especially in friendship. And so I want to leave you with that. I'm going to close us in prayer. Um, be looking for some more updates this week about all the stuff I mentioned at the beginning, all of our updates with the change of dates of, of different meetings and ministries. Um, but stay close to one another. Stay close to the Lord, and if you haven't already, take some time to worship God through song today with your family. Pray and uh, pray. Pray for your friends, especially those who are in need, uh, many who are sick this time of year. And um, I thank you personally for all of your prayers for me and for my family. And just know that I continue to wrestle in prayer for all of you. Uh, we need to be together as the church body. Um, and be close to one another and uh, wrestling in prayer for each other that we would stand strong uh, in the faith. Lord bless you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time together. Um, Lord, I pray for each one that has uh, been listening, watching, whether they're part of our local church body or not. I pray a blessing upon them and that you would give them strength and encouragement. And Lord, finally, bring people into their lives. Bring people into our lives that will encourage us in our faith, that will point us towards Jesus in all things, 
and that will remind us of our value and worth in him and as a friend. Uh, Lord God, we need that. We need those good friends in our lives. And just as Paul uh, was commending those people in, our, in his life by name, Lord, we do that now. Thank you for our friends. May we be encouraged by them and uh, always be encouraged by our true and best friendship with you, Lord Jesus. So until we meet again, Father, uh, bless each one and uh, go before us. We thank you in the name of Jesus, our true friend. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you, church. Enjoy the rest of your day.